Hello. Hi. This is Nope, I'm Scared. We're a spooky podcast. I'm Alexa. I'm Ella. And this episode is coming to you from my car. Yeah, we're recording in the car with the mic in between us. It's nice because we have a well-decorated box that the microphone goes in. Mic, 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 mic. Yeah, we, I had uh, Josh draw a camel on it, like from the Geico commercial, and then we wrote Mike all over it. Yeah, it's real fun. So the microphone's name is it's Mike. Mike. And he's a camel. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yes. More about us. <laughs> We're functioning people. Yes. And I am a functioning adult because Ella still has that excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, so I totally forgot about this, but Ella didn't know who Skrillex was. I still don't really know who Skrillex is. Oh my God, Ella. I felt so old. <laughs> like, I never understand it when uh, Elena and Ash talk about stuff, because I usually... I know more than Ash does, I think, on Morbid, but mm-hmm. I still... I'm like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because uh, I'm basically 25, and Ella is 16, 16. so <laughs> she knows only what I have taught her. I do know... a. F- fair more amount than people my age for the sole purpose because of Alexa teaching me things as she was growing up. <laughs> yeah. So that blew my goddamn mind and I had to play <laughs> shit for her and the only thing that she remembered was the one that he did with Justin Bieber. Yeah. And that was one of his more recent yeah, ones. Yeah, he's like toned down a lot. Yep. Still don't know his face no. or his hair. I showed you his face. Yeah, but I didn't like remind me of anything. Oh, I hate you right now. <laughs> yeah, that was what everyone was listening to, like, my freshman year of high school. That was, that was the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've been, like, five. When I still had an iPod Nano. <laughs> but I think I bought those songs from... Like the iTunes, iTunes store because LimeWire had died at that point. Mm. Ugh. I don't know what LimeWire is either. I hate you, Ella. <laughs> do you know how to burn a CD? I do know how to. I mean, I've never burned a CD before, but I know how it works. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Was not alive when 9 11 happened. Uh, what else? I, I know Evanescence have that going for me <laughs> because of me yeah because of you uh yeah you didn't have a goth phase or no nope. pu- or a punk phase Nah, i listened to the music but i never went through the like hair and the eyeliner and... i mean i wouldn't say that i necessarily did either it was I well, plus my parents like my dad not my parents my my mom didn't want me to change my hair though i will point that finger that she was like don't do anything to your hair your hair is beautiful <laughs> um, perfect, perfect perfect that's how she that's how she sounded all the time i was like mom it's my hair but if you had if i had your hair i'd never do it i'm like that's bullshit <laughs> you definitely would have done shit to your hair because i know you <laughs> um but and yeah and now i've dyed it purple so ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh what was I saying? No, I had the side bang. Yeah. I did, And I still do that, because that's just kind of how my face 
it looks yeah. better when I have it to I mean, like you don't really have one side. Bangs. No, I don't either. No, I had like the long side bang. Like that was the thing, and it would like drape yep. over. I still kind of do it because I snipped these pieces really short. They're cute. But I kind of like, like it. It looks like uh, I have curly hair, so like my little teeny cut up here it looks so like cute. it looks like Rachel. Um, what's her name? McAdams from The Notebook when she goes back to see him at the house and she's got those like <laughs> random curled area and the rest of it's like straight. Uh, yeah, if you know what like I'm that. talking about, you know what I'm talking about then. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Okay, so this car episode uh, is because uh, Josh was playing D&D and I have a studio apartment and we couldn't go anywhere else yeah and because our brother plays loud video games all the time and it's friday so there's no reason to ask him not to do that yeah also it's been really hot and i don't want to sit in ella's room fair so the car it is yes um this is both of our episodes today we both have stories yeah we're doing a little uh my favorite murderer action except with ghost stories where we have both found some stories and kept them from each other. Yeah. And we're going to just read them yep. out. Yep. <laughs> so this is yeah. um, Japanese ghost stories. Which you know from reading the title. Um, they're like ghost stories, but they just come from people either having lived in or stayed in or do live now in Japan. Uh, I don't yeah. typically like like ghost stories creep me out as a general Just in general yeah. but there is something about like the ghost stories from japan that just scares me shitless yep i think i mean it could totally be that there's nothing different but there are japanese legends that terrify me i think it's just because they're so old you're like oh 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 no this has I been around know. for I a long time i just think that they're they're like Oh, also Ollie is here. Yeah, my dog. Ollie's here. So Ollie's in the in the back seat. So if you hear <laughs> what sounds like a dog, it's, it's probably a dog. a dog. Yeah. Um. Hi, babies. Hi. He's also a very old, quiet dog, so he doesn't make noise. So yeah. For the most part. He's a very sweet boy. Boy. Um. Yeah. No. The one that always got me is the urban legend about the lady with yeah. the smile. Did you get urban legends or just no? Stories? I just got ghost stories. Okay. So that means we can do another episode later, which would about be so much urban fun. Legends because they are a trip. Also terrifying. I think for me, this all started because I watched The Grudge when I was pretty young. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Probably the oldest I would have been when I first saw it was, like, 12. I think that's when you showed it to me, too. Yeah, I mean... That sounds about right. I watched The Ring when it first came out, and I I shit you not, I had to be had to have been about six or seven. <laughs> My mom was so pissed because I would not go near the TV for, like, a year after that. I was traumatized. <laughs> My dad should not have let me see it at that age, but I really wanted to and I my dad is the one who definitely started me on my horror, obsession. my horror obsession yeah mine too he he shaped a lot of my personality even though he chose not to stick around for any of it oh yep. well um You're but lost. he did end up giving me 
my fun spooky person my, my ghosty shit so hell yeah i definitely went further into it than he ever did he just watched movies <laughs> so haha i have leveled up <laughs> uh, so yeah we'll just get yeah. into it ella do you want to go first sure all right so we got our stories from reddit this one is by mr mosby 667 um or fun <laughs> so much all right, this is titled, What Happened When I Lived in Japan? Just a little info on where I lived in Japan. I lived on a small island south of mainland Japan called Okinawa. I have a couple store other stories also from here. My dad is military. The entire island is haunted, mainly the military bases, including you know, the housing. Ask, sorry, I'm interrupting a lot. We should ask Danny if he has ghost stuff. I'm but almost positive probably, Danny has some. I don't know. I feel like he wouldn't pay attention to it Okay, that's happened. fair. He was like, oh, what was that? I don't know. He's going to go back to If it happened when he was sleeping, he would have not woken up. Yeah. Because that's Danny. Because that's Danny. But Danny did live in Okinawa for two years while on a military base, so who knows? There there are chances, or one of his friends might have seen something. Yeah. Um, number one. One night, around 2 to 3 a.m., I had randomly woken up on the couch. My brother and I often fell asleep in the living room on weekends. It was pitch black, and my phone had died. I couldn't find the remote, and I was terrified. I sat in the darkness for a bit, waiting for my phone to charge. Then I heard this loud thud, like something plastic had been dropped from the ceiling. Nothing. So it's just story number one. Yeah. That's uh, the it? For story... No, that's oh. like section one of the story. Okay, I was like, well, <laughs> just because story. you heard something that sounded like plastic fall from the ceiling? I mean, that could have been anything. <laughs> number two. Uh, this is one of my most terrifying things that happened. My parents and brother were out, um, meaning I would be home alone. Before they left, I would hear the chairs at the tables move around, and I went downstairs to check it out, but they were the same. I brushed it off like it was nothing, then I was sitting on the couch, and I had this weird feeling that something wasn't right. I looked into the doorway to our kitchen, you can see the laundry room and recycling bins from there, and I say a figure moved from the laundry room door, um to the doorway three times. I was scared shitless and I started crying. I called my friends because my parents weren't answering them. About ten feet in front of me, I saw a figure with no legs glide across the room and disappear. No, thank you. So, shadow people are always I don't necessarily think they're shadow people. Who knows? Because I always, I guess, I think, I guess when people say shadow people, I always think of, like, a dark black figure. Mm-hmm. Like, shadow people, I wouldn't think of just being, like, clouds. Yeah. You know? But maybe they're... Who knows? All right, and number three. I still can't explain how this happened to me. In my room, my bed was pushed against the wall. Note, I had a window on this wall. And I had a shelf two to three feet above my headboard. Okay, the shelf, I had a lot of knickknacks, like, figuring and stuff. Figurines. Is what they it's, mean. Yeah, probably. Uh, but I also had this cross stitch my mom did when she was little, sitting on the shelf, being held up by a Funko Pop figures. Love them. <laughs> Thursday morning, around 3 to 4 a.m., I heard a loud bang. It had woken me up, but it was loud enough to wake up my mom as well. She came into my room and asked me where the noise was from, and I shrugged my shoulders and went back to sleep. Because that's a normal response. <laughs> Um, in the morning, I found out it was the cross stitch from my shelf. It had slammed against the wall, the end of my bed, and it didn't fall because the Funko figures were still standing, and it would have hit my head. 
Yeah, that's that last story. What is a cross stitch? Because I'm seeing like a pillow. Yeah, it's like embroidery, but it, I'm assuming it was in the hoop still. Oh, I got it. Yeah. I mean, that wouldn't have like done any damage to him, but it probably would have bonked him. Yeah. <laughs> How did that make enough noise for his mom to hear it? I have no clue. I'm assuming something just hit the wall and it moved the cross stitch is my guess. I don't know. Okay, so that's your first story? Yeah, that's my first story. Okay. It's called, uh, it's from M59GAR, and it's during a semester abroad in Japan, I had a strange encounter with a ghostly scarred woman in a green dress. And when I got back to America, she was already waiting for me in my home. Okay. Um, it started when I was in Japan. I'd been living with a host family for a few months, and my semester abroad was almost over. I had the nerve to believe I'd begun to acclimate, that I understood their culture and could call them, call myself one of them. On more than a few nights, gathered around the fire, they told me their superstitions and scary stories. Their myths were very different from the ones I'd grown up with, and I found them fascinating, but not scary. They were too different. There was a heavy emphasis on choice. Rather than facing a mindless slasher that simply wanted to kill you, many Japanese horror stories involved entities approaching an unwary victim in a public space and giving them a choice. If the victim answered one way, they would be killed horribly in a specific manner. If the victim took the other choice, they would be killed horribly in another specific manner. That's very true. Yeah. These unwinnable situations made me laugh until the father of my host family explained to me in quiet tones the true subtext. It was all about the third option. It was about the innate fear of customs in a very traditional society. The only way to survive was simply to know the acceptable third answer and give that one instead. He squeezed my arm and told me that I... As a foreigner, stood no chance of knowing the third answer. That's great. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up. He's like, you gonna die. But right. I mean, if they were laughing at my urban legends, I'd be like, well, yeah, you gonna die. True. If I saw someone approaching me in public, no matter how innocent it seemed, I was to run away before I could speak and give me that fatal choice. I smiled and laughed it off, but his warning made me shiver a few times over my last few days. As a girl alone in another country, I was already on guard while walking through public spaces, but the towering maze of Tokyo took on a gray, intense tone whenever I thought of what might lurk among the crowds. I stuck to the paths that went through the many hidden gardens and parks, and I always looked around warily. That fear faded, though. I can't tell you why, not exactly. I was young, I thought I was smart. And I was American. Nothing could really hurt me. And besides, I was one of them now, right? This is stupid. Yeah. I mean, she realizes that she was cocky. Yeah. So I can appreciate that. I'd spent months there living like they did. So on my last day, when a woman began walking intently towards me from the opposite end of a long subway car, I stayed in my seat. I would have been like, uh, Fuck no. If anyone did that to me in general, I'd be like, oh, fuck. What? what, Shit. What do you want? So, you know, she had a long black, oh, sorry. She had long black hair, beautiful dark eyes, and a dark green dress. Don't look at her. Out of place in a crowded car, otherwise filled with gray shirts, dark suits, and white blouses. 
I saw these details about her before I saw the deep scars on her face and hands. No. As if no. A, manic, a maniacal American slasher had brutally carved her up and left her to die some years ago. As she shuffled towards me, the lights flickered once. Nope. The boy in the don't. seat next to me shivered and focused wordly on his portable game. Adults looked away, tense, and the teenagers opposite me finally stopped talking and began staring at their shoes. They knew. Yeah. They we knew, went over this and there already. Was no, and there was nothing any of them could or would do for me. I was a foreigner and a stranger to them. But they listened. I could hear all of them straining their ears to hear the whispers over the keening of the wheels on the rail beneath us. Every small step the woman took seemed louder than the one before. Even then, I still didn't believe. I thought it was a prank, someone being strange. I thought the others in the car with me were turning away out of courtesy or disgust at her scars. When I saw a tear fall from the cheek of the boy next to me, that was when I understood. She stood directly above me, and I raised my eyes to meet hers. Mistake. Mistake. Her scars crinkled horribly as she gave me a seemingly innocent smile, and she asked in a pleasant but whispery voice, Do you have a sister? No, no, no. I froze. If I said yes, what would happen? If I said no, what else would happen? When the lights flickered again and her face moved without moving right down close to mine, I almost panicked and told her the truth. Inches away from me, her smile widened. She turned her head slowly, horribly slowly, until her neck reached a 90-degree angle. No, thank you. On the verge of passing out from fright, I forced myself to start breathing again. Her smile turned into an angry frown. I cowered back against the person behind me who shrieked. The scarred woman in the green began to reach for me, but the car came to a smooth stop. The doors opened, and I dodged around her and ran out with the crowd. To their credit, none screamed. They simply hurried off to their various destinations while attempting to seem like nothing was wrong. Um, I ran all the way to my host family, but nobody was home. It was my last day, and we'd already said our goodbyes. She was so close. So close to getting out of there. I know. But it still felt odd that they were gone. Still trembling, I took a taxi to the airport, made my flight, and tried to rationalize the encounter away. The only hint I had that it even happened was the small cut to my upper arm, where she had nearly grabbed me with her horribly long nails. A cut that had strangely already begun to heal into a scar. That's weird. Yep. Noted. Um, Good foreshadowing there. Hours into my international flight, I finally began to calm down, and I even started to feel a bit smug. Not only had I survived an encounter with the Japanese horror entity, I'd even managed to immediately take a flight straight the hell out of the entire country. (laughs) I would not end up as another unwitting cautionary tale. I was a born and bred American girl who had even, who had seen every horror movie under the sun and I had made all the right decisions. Awesome. Are you sure about that? (laughs) Are you sure? Um, 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 That is not Not correct. correct. I told the story uh, to a guy sitting next to me on the flight, and he asked, what if she shows up here on the plane? Where will you run? What the fuck, bruh? (laughs) I'd be I'm like, why would you even say that? Oh, no. 
Yeah, I shut up right about then and stayed <laughs> tense for the next few hours because it's a long flight. Eventually, yeah. though, I realized I would be doomed no matter what if yep. the, a woman in the green dress showed up here. So I finally gave in and I slept. <laughs> uh, my neighboring guy woke me before we landed, joked that he kept guard and reported that nobody had come for me while I'd been out. Good. Okay. So he freaked her out and then was like, I watched over you while you slept. Um, the airport was bright, sunny, and open here, and it was a relief to be back home. This was the land of simple horrors, of gory, violent zombies, and haunted locations. Yep, that scarred that's woman in America. the green dress would have no power here, if indeed she existed at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was talkative and happy on the ride home, and my parents were glad to see me. I didn't tell them about my horrible encounter, because it honestly slipped my mind. Everything was good. I was safe. That would be on my mind for, like... Ever. We pulled up to the house where I'd grown up, and it looked exactly as I remembered. Only a few months had gone by, true, but it felt like a lifetime. Lugging in my stuff alongside my dad, I began to recount some funny memory that had come to my mind. When I entered the front door, turned towards the kitchen, and saw her standing there. Green dress, scars, smile, and all. No, thank you. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, no. shit. The Motherfucker. Woman from- <laughs> The woman from the subway car, thousands of miles distant, uh, stood waiting for me in my childhood home. She gave me that same eerie smile and lifted a large knife. Nope. I screamed and dropped my bag, startled my father dropped his too, and my mother rushed from outside, raised it, and then brought it down again, chopping vegetables. (laughs) Mistaking my reaction, my mother began screaming with me, but happily, and she pulled me forward. It's good to see your sister again, isn't it? Oh! Suddenly, I was Ooh. forced to hug with... The irony here is not lost. Suddenly, I was forced to hug with both my mom and the woman in green. But instead of trying to hurt me, the horrible stranger just smiled. It's good to see you, sis. We don't talk like that, though. And also, she she can see the person. (laughs) Yeah. I pulled away, trembling forcefully. I immediately sensed that something was off, and I'd seen enough movies to know to keep my cards close to my chest. Yep. Mom, what's going on? What do you mean, honey? She asked, smiling happily at us both before moving deeper into the kitchen to help cook. The scarred woman in green kept her gaze, a neutral smile, fixed on me as I moved away from her around the kitchen island towards my mom. No. Why is she here? Who? Her. I returned the woman's stare. My mother laughed. You've been away too long, dear. You remember that your sister graduated and back from college now. Hell no. I gulped. Humor me, mom. Why doesn't she look like us? (laughs) My father came down from the stairs, returning from dropping off my bags, and gave me a blank look. I thought we were past this. It's not nice to keep harping on your sister for being adopted. Oh, ouch. Horrified, I take a step back, and I bumped into the fridge. I guess I'm super jet-lagged. Sorry, I'm just trying to remember when that was. (laughs) For a birthday present for her and all. My father sighed, same day you were born. He stepped out to get more bags from the car. I turned away mortified. 
My sister never took her gaze off me, almost taunting me with her expressionless invasion. With both, we both, as we both stood there facing off silently, she lifted her knife and brought it down on her own arm right along no! one of her scars. She didn't flinch. Instead, I did. Uh, her smile grew a little wider. I opened my mouth to scream something with fury, but the scarred woman lifted the knife and pointed at my mother's back. The implication was clear. Great. Okay. She's coming after your whole ass family now. She just inserted herself into your life. (laughs) She's like, I am here now and you have to deal with it. The best I could do was take the knife from her by offering to cook and insisting that my sister sit down at the table and relax. She did so, apparently willing to play a social game of cat and mouse. As I chopped (sighs) up vegetables and stared at the scar on my arm, I thought my thoughts raced. This entity had somehow attached itself to my life. Looking around the pictures, I saw her in photographs that I recognized. Family photos that now included her as a child, as a teenager, as a woman. But dang. Okay. I kept my eyes on her as she sat at the table, and she stared right back at me the entire time. No, I'm good. Thanks. Her disfigured smile never once changed. We actually sat down and had dinner as a family. My parents didn't seem to notice that my sister never spoke unless directly addressed, and even then, only with perfect politeness. She ate little and kept her eyes always on me. Halfway through dinner, I got angry and slammed my fist on the table. What do you want? I asked her. Uh, do you have a sister? Suddenly remembering the moment of mortal threat in the subway car, I said nothing. She just waited, staring, ever staring. I blacked out and went to my... Oh, I backed out and went to my bedroom. She needs to find the right answer. I did sleep eventually, but only because I was forced to by jet lag. The worst part was running into my ex After much pressure, he finally made it. I liked your personality, but I didn't ask you out because of your scars. Sorry. I remember screaming and earning another scar for it. Rushing home, I looked at the old book pictures. The scars weren't just appearing now. They were appearing back then, too. When was she supposed to have gotten these scars? I'd always had them. That same ex-boyfriend would later remember asking out my sister instead. The leech was draining away my life right before my eyes. What would happen when she ran out of scars and I had them all? Uh, I couldn't talk to my parents or my friends. I shut myself in my room and spent days alone. Um, I'd been raised American, raised rude, proud, free, and I kept making mistakes, and they were costing me left and right. I was losing because I was from the wrong culture. The leech existed in punished deviance. The leech fed off of outsiders, rebels, and bad children. So, of course, she was latching on to me. And that's what gave me the idea. Furious and desperate beyond description, I decided that I wanted my life back at any cost. I've been thinking of the leech in two ways. That I could avoid being rude and live under the threat of the rest of my life. Or I could be myself and find out what punishment awaited once all the scars had been inflicted upon me. I don't like either of those. That doesn't sound like a good idea, honey. I think at that point, you become the monster and she takes over your life. Yep. Um, 
I'd been so afraid of the second option. It took me until she only had one scar left to remember what my benefactor had said, that there was a third option, one unknowable to anyone but the socially integrated, and I'd had enough time to see that. For the leech, the social game went both ways. We, are, we were not in Japan. We were in America. Here, victims got tough when the end was nigh. She was, she was with me always then. She walked directly beside me, goading me, irritating me, punishing me with her grin. I stood in the kitchen with her, and I drew out the same knife that she had been holding when I'd first come home. Uh... I smiled at her, matching her expression, and brought the knife down before she could react. Not on her, on myself. I slashed open my arm, and blood splattered across the kitchen island. She gasped and pulled back, her hair hiding her face. I saw her clutching her arm, and a scar appear in the equivalent place where she had slashed myself. So she's just giving all the scars back to her? Yeah. So I slashed again, this time on my face. She screamed. I'd long prayed to hear that noise from her. I kept slashing. My blood was going all over everything, and it was appearing on her green dress. Um, with each strike, she screamed Nobody louder and crumpled further. Nobody notices that she doesn't change clothes? No one seems to really notice her at all. I fell to my knees before her, a wall of pain ebbing and flowing. I smiled at her as her scream reached a crescendo and soared into nothingness. With a last gasp, she shrank and, and blackened until she became nothing more than a gasping little animal, an actual leech. With, my, with the last of my strength, I stood up and stomped on her. It was over. Cool, cool, um, cool. Respect. I called 911 after that, of course, and actually... And equally as expected, you think I'm crazy, but you have to listen. She was real. I don't have a sister. So, cool. that was some crazy shit. Yeah. Not not a fan. Nope. No, thank you. Yeah, your turn. Alright. It's called Airbnb in Okinawa. Told you I had another one. Um, this happened to me Christmas two years ago. Or this one, the story is by ANG1234567. Yes. Okay. Um, this happened to me Christmas two years ago. My sister, cousin, and I went to Okinawa to spend a nice Christmas. Okay, we understand it's Christmas. We stayed for about seven days. If you haven't been, please do yourself a favor after this COVID pandemic. It's a beautiful place. Um... Anyways, so we stayed at this Airbnb, which I believe was made for big group travels, as there were maybe eight beds, four bunk beds, um, as Okinawa was a quiet little island where we stayed didn't feel like it was abandoned. It was very quiet, but we just thought it was how the place was. So nothing really weird happened until maybe three nights in. We did our usual touristy crap. Later that night, I had a really odd encounter. I woke up in the middle of the night and saw someone on top of me. I couldn't see their face, but they had long hair covering their face. No, I hate Wearing that. a white sheet. I was, er, it was sitting on top of me, pinning me down. I felt paralyzed. I tried to fight it off, but I couldn't. Tried to scream, but all that came out of my mouth were soft mumbles. I tried to look over to my sister and cousin, begging them to help, but I couldn't. 
My bunk faced a big window, which we normally had the blinds down, but when I looked out the window, it was broad daylight with heaps of people walking past. It was a crowded street, but pitch black inside where I was, and the light failed to come through inside the house. I've read lots of ghost stories and know they feed off fear. I tried to feel brave. In my mind, I begged the thing to leave me and my companions alone. It felt like a long struggle, but after a while, I was super exhausted and just fell asleep. The next morning, I asked my sister and cousin if they heard me saying anything last night. I'm notorious for sleep talking, but apparently that night I didn't say a single word. I kept thinking it must have just been a dream. I didn't mention to them about my encounter, as we still had a few more nights left at the Airbnb and I didn't want to freak them out. Upon leaving, I told them what happened. They were just shocked, but said they never felt anything. This has been bothering me for a while now, and recently I felt an urge to revisit this, and I googled the address where we stayed. Turns out, many, many years ago, a woman uh, committed suicide there. She lived alone, and no one had found her body until a week or so later when the neighbors noticed the smell, and her body was found where my bunk was. That sucks. Yeah. I tried to search for that apartment on Airbnb, but it was no longer available. Except this ghost lady didn't harm me, which I definitely thought she could, but she didn't. She was just there. They ruled her death as a suicide, but I also read a lot isn't clear, and there has been a lot of mishanding information, especially because her ex-boyfriend was police. Hmm. Could she perhaps uh, have something else she wanted to tell me? I want to revisit that place when this pandemic is over. Do you guys think that's a good idea? No. Yeah, probably not. I don't know. Like, I definitely think that... I don't know. It's a lot to assume that she was... I don't think it was a suicide. It could have just been that she died. Yeah, that's possible, too. Um, I don't... Did they say how old she was? Mm-mm. So it could have just been that she died, and it just took a while to find it. I think it's interesting that she had a boyfriend, and he didn't check on her. Yeah. That's weird. But I don't outright... Like, I know a lot of people always say, like, oh, the significant other did it. But sometimes people just die. Yeah. So, I don't know People enough. just be like that. But I don't think that you need to go back just because you're curious about a ghost. Yeah. And there's no guarantee that you'll actually see the ghost Anything again. Anything again, yeah. And if it's not an Airbnb, I don't know how you'll find it. Yeah. So, this one comes from Funny Films 0704. And it's pretty short. So, it says, Some years ago, on a dark, warm summer night, my cousin and I headed out for a local steakhouse joint. My mother and aunt would join later after doing some errands. We got on our bicycles and took a shortcut by passing an eerie-looking train track. Eventually, we made it and waited for our mothers. After doing their errands, our mothers headed off to the steakhouse. Knowing they were running late, they decided to take the same shortcut. This is where it gets creepy. As both of them approached the train tracks, the guardrails came down. While they waited for the train to come, uh, my mother saw someone across the tracks, a black-haired woman, mid-thirties, wearing an apron and holding a white, a kitchen knife, stood lifelessly across the tracks. Her face was unseeable due to her hair blocking it, and blood was splattered all over her apron. Before she could take a closer, a closer look, the train passed. After the train passed, the woman vanished. Scared for her life, my mother asked her sister on whether she saw it too. Unfortunately, she didn't. My cousin and I waited for an hour until our mothers arrived. Hungry for dear life, we headed inside. It wasn't until we sat down we realized the faces on our mothers. 
scared for her life. They told us what happened. Uh, it turned out the woman they saw seemed eerily familiar to her sister's friend, who committed suicide months before by jumping onto the train track immediately after cooking dinner. We took the long way home afterwards. Yeah, don't like that. No, nope, 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 nope. I just think that I just really don't like the hair over the face. Yeah. It probably goes back to the whole the ring thing, but, like, I just, I well, don't like yeah. it. I want, I don't, maybe I don't want to see their face, but I think not seeing your face makes it appear worse. So much worse, yeah. Because then I'm going to think that your face is bad. Well, and you can't identify them later. Alright, this one is from Sissy Tokyo, called My Heart, My Haunted Apartment in Tokyo. Because it's late and I can't speak. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, besides my closest friends or family, I haven't really told the story, a story that to this day makes me extra careful about Japanese apartment rentals. It all started in 2015 when I was apartment hunting in Tokyo. I was working as an English teacher in the central Tokyo area and wanted a place I could call my own instead of the share house I was originally assigned to live in with 10 plus other roommates. Even for me that sounds intense. That's too many roommates. Yeah. My budget was quite small considering I was new to the country and I hadn't received my first paycheck yet, so I was aiming for a place that was around approximately 470 US dollars, which okay. is not a lot of money. Um, after sitting through hours of apartment meetings with various realty companies, I finally found a place that was listed for an unbelievably low price. I wonder why. Why, <laughs> right? All these houses that are marked super low, you're like, so who hmm. died there? Seems sus. <laughs> sus. <laughs> as I'm sure most people are aware, Tokyo apartments run very small, as in living in a shoebox small. This one, however, was much bigger than anything I had seen so far, with a living area, kitchen, bathroom, and a loft bedroom. Sus. That's real weird. Yeah. The best part was that it was only... I honestly have no idea how much money that is. But cheap-ish. Think <laughs> okay. like 400 400 a month. Wait, and how much was she getting for that again? A loft bedroom? A loft bed, a bathroom, a small living space, and a kitchen. So like a studio? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot but of space it, for Yeah, that's a lot of space. And it only took 10 minutes by train to get to her company. That's nice. Yeah, right. I was so excited to find such a steal that I rushed through the entire contract process and didn't even bother bringing in a translator for the apartment rundown. Oh, no. I just wanted to snatch it up before someone else could. Big mistake. The first few months in the new apartment were relatively quiet. I slept in the bottom floor living area because it was too cold up top for the first few months of winter. Except for the odd knocking and scratching noises in the dead of night... I was otherwise really comfortable there. Not knocking, though. <laughs> Scratches you could write off as some sort of animal, but the knocking? No. No. Right? Since I was on the top floor of the two-story building, I decided that the noises were most probably just another cat or animal climbing on the roof. However, mm. as the months passed, the noises seemed to get louder and more drawn out. The knocking noises began to sound more like footsteps, and the scratches sounded like they were coming from inside the house. No, thank you. 
Despite being obviously freaked out, I kept telling myself it was only in my imagination. There was nothing for me to worry about. Regardless of this, I still made a habit of sleeping downstairs, telling myself it was just because it was warmer, even if it was the real reason was because I didn't want to hear the scratching sounds coming from under my bed. Occasionally, I would gather up the courage during the day to inspect the loft, checking for any signs of mice or rats in the desperate hope that it was nothing more than a pest problem, but I never found anything. Over time, I started keeping the bathroom light on when it was dark out, just to have some peace of mind, enough to let me sleep through the night at least. Against all logic, I was getting to the point where I was convinced my apartment was haunted. I was seriously starting to consider moving out, despite what it would cost me to break my contract early, but when a friend needed a place to stay while her house was getting renovated and asked if she could bunk up with me, I decided to try and stick it out for a little while longer. Mm -hmm. From the moment she moved in, everything appeared to stop. The nights went back to being quiet, all you could hear was the faint sound of the TV in the neighboring apartment. I was completely overjoyed. All the sounds must have just been my imagination running wild. Some sort of anxiety from living in the new country. It was great. Uh, it was a great, peaceful couple of months. I even went as far as buying new furniture for the apartment, sprucing up the place to feel a little bit more like home. In hindsight, I really wish I hadn't wasted all that time. So. <laughs> this isn't good. Yeah. You can tell it's not gonna, not gonna end well. <clears throat> When my friend's apartment was finally ready for her to go back, we spent the entire day boxing up and clearing out the things she had brought with her to my place. I was kind of excited to have a place to myself again, leaving more room for me to putter around and buy more furniture and enjoy my own space once more. That didn't last long. Of course not. (laughs) Right, of course not. The first night alone was the start of a downward spiral that later on caused me to spend half my night sitting terrified in a nearby 24-hour cafe. No. Yeah. I know, but they have 24-hour cafes. I'm so jealous. I know. I mean, we've got IHOP. But I don't go to IHOP anymore because they support Trump. Not necessarily Trump, but they send money to the Republican Party. Republican Party. And right now I can't support the Republican Party. Definitely not. Okay. I remember I had fallen asleep on the sofa on the bottom level. The movie that had been playing had long since ended and my TV had automatically shut itself off. I was too lazy to go upstairs to my bed, so I opted to stay on the couch in total darkness. And that's when it started. A light knocking sound so quiet that I had to strain to hear it. Was I actually hearing it properly? Were these the same sounds that I had heard months prior? I wasn't sure. Rolling over to get more comfortable and attempting to go back to sleep, I tried to convince myself I was being irrational and paranoid. A few quiet moments later had passed and I could feel myself slowly falling back to sleep when a thud, like somebody had dropped something in the loft. No. The noise was so unmistakable I shot up immediately, my eyes scanning the ceiling as if I could see through it and find the source of the disturbance. No. As my eyes tried to adjust to the darkness, my body froze. Sitting there silently, mind racing, trying to figure out what I should do, another thud, even louder than the last one. I was standing up now, shaking violently, as the threat of someone being in my house suddenly crossed my mind. Had I left the door unlocked today? I did that a lot, so it wasn't completely out of the realm of possibility. Girl, come on. (laughs) Right? You're living in a new country, and you're like, I'm just gonna leave the door unlocked. I mean, like, it's not, it's not America. 
Like, there are places in America where you can just leave your door unlocked and it's fine. Not everywhere in America, like, not where we live or whatever. But I understand that that is a reality people have. But not, you know, Japan is so crowded. Yeah. Like, you couldn't... No, you can't do this. Especially because it's central Tokyo. Yeah, like, you cannot... You can't do this. That'd be Mm -hmm. like leaving your door unlocked in the middle of Manhattan. Yeah, that's exactly what it'd be like. No. Um... Alright. Where the opening to the loft was positioned, I would have had to run underneath it to get to my front door, having to pause to unlock it before I could get out. Would I be able to reach it in time? Someone could easily climb down the ladder just as fast. As I stood there deliberating, the most terrifying of noises began. What sounded like someone running in a diagonal line from the back left corner of the room to the top right and back again. Oh my god. Three times. Oh my god, no. I could literally feel my heart stop in my chest as I tried to process what the hell was happening. That's when the running stopped in what sounded like the dead center of the loft right above my head. (gasps) I wasn't moving, literally so scared I was frozen in place. The only thing I could do in that moment was listen, straining to hear anything that would indicate this wasn't all in my head. I mean, yeah, I can't even fault her. I feel like I would have been doing that. I don't, you know. Like, yeah. You know, you know, it's that weighing of battle, like, is this a ghost or is this somebody crazy in my house? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, do you do you act like a slug and just, like, kind of slide <laughs> on the floor to the door? I have no idea. No clue. Um, but I couldn't hear anything. After a few seconds of complete crippling silence, my fight or flight kicked in. I ran for the door. Phone in hand, not bothering with my shoes, I unlocked the door and ran out of my apartment as fast as possible, running down the stairs and stopping only when I had reached the side street of my building. Turning around and looking up, I watched in terror as if somebody would come chasing after me. Spoiler alert, no one ever did. I sat on that curbside beside my apartment with my dad on the phone for nearly five hours. (laughs) He was trying to convince me that I was probably just hearing things and that the sound was probably traveling to my apartment from my neighbors. No. Yeah, no, it wasn't possible. There was no mistaking that the sound for something was happening on the other side of the wall. Whatever it was, it was inside my house. Once day had started to break, I gathered enough courage to go back in my apartment with my dad still on the phone. I crept quietly to the front door, and I peered inside and listened, looking around for anything that might be out of place. Nothing. No sounds. Nothing had moved. Wedging my shoes in the door to prop it open, I reluctantly walked to the bottom of the loft ladder. I'm I'm so, like, (laughs) terrified. I would not do it. (laughs) Go up and check, my dad had said, convinced that I was hearing things, and probably wanting my 23-year-old butt off the phone so he could go back to work, or throw something up there and see if anything moves. Obviously, that, that I opted better. for the latter. Uh, reaching up into the recycling bin next to my kitchen sink, I tossed nearly five empty water bottles, hearing nothing but the sound of them rolling across the loft floor. Absolutely nothing out of the ordinary. Fear had me convincing myself that I had made it all up in my head once again, and the skeptic in me was all for it. I climbed the ladder and looked around. My bedside tables and chair and five empty bottles were all I could find. Nothing out of place and no one hiding up there. My eyelids now so heavy from staying up all night, I said goodbye to my dad, closed my front door, and went upstairs to bed. Does not specify if she locked the front door. Also, she did, she did go up there, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, <sighs> it was my day off, so I planned to spend it trying to catch up on the lack of sleep from the night of imaginary horrors. As soon as I closed my eyes, I fell straight into a much-needed sleep. 
Sometimes later, I eventually woke up, and a strange feeling completely overwhelming me as I started to come to. No. Eyes barely opened, that's when I saw her, sitting on the chair next to my bed, staring no. away from me. Okay, I mean, that's still bad, but, like, at least she's not just <laughs> staring, staring at you, you yeah. as you sleep. That'd be awful. Oh, my God. In the dim light of my loft room, I was able to make out that she had long black hair and was dressed in ordinary clothes. Normal-looking Japanese woman. As my eyes remained fixed on her, I noticed she was talking, her lips moving quickly, but otherwise she was completely still. She looked like a robot, in the way every other part of her seemed as still as stone while only her mouth moved. I tried to listen, but I couldn't hear her. She was talking, but no sound was coming out. Sleep paralysis. That's what this is. Since I was a child, I had bouts of sleep paralysis a oh few times God, a week no. and had previously been in and out of sleep clinics and never had any concrete answers as to why. The point being that the accompanying hallucinations didn't scare me anymore. As I always did, I tried my best to move, fully expecting to be stuck and paralyzed in my place. But I wasn't stuck. I sat up. Without any difficulty whatsoever. I well, wasn't hallucinating. Exactly. I froze in the place of the realization where the same time the robotic woman stopped talking immediately and looked directly at me. No, it probably did that quick turn thing that you hate, too. I hate that. Oh, it's so bad. I don't like it. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm sitting right next to you. I don't care. I knew you were going to do it, too. I didn't even, like, I could have done it worse. I had, like, a small smile, but I could have been, like... <laughs> It's so not good. I hate it. Her eyes, the normal looking, stared straight into my soul. I could feel the hairs on the back of my neck stand up, feeling lightheaded and terrified as she looked at me. And then she was gone. Within one blink, she had completely disappeared, and I was left completely frozen in my place, in my bed, trying to figure out what the hell had just happened. For the rest of the afternoon, I sat chain-smoking on the curb outside my apartment, a coffee in hand as I called and talked over the phone uh, with my friend. By around 6 p.m., I was still outside on the curb of my street when my next-door neighbor was returning home from work. Smiling politely at him, I expected him to walk right past me, keeping to himself and avoiding any neighborly conversations like he usually did. For context, I was a Canadian English speaker, and because of that, Japanese people rarely engaged in conversation with me. They didn't know I could speak Japanese and probably didn't want me to feel uncomfortable. But this time, he actually stopped asking if I was okay. I'm fine, I replied, tilting my head in confusion. He wasn't greeting me. He seemed genuinely concerned. But then he went on to tell me that he had heard running sounds too, but he had never heard it so loud before. Before, I asked, his casual approach to the sound starting to freak me out. Oh, you knew about the woman who died in your house, didn't you? He asked, a smirk now adorning his face. And with that, he walked away, heading back to his apartment. As if it was a totally normal conversation to have with your neighbor. Because this is why you need to listen to people when you move into new places. Or, you know, have a translator when you sign contracts. <laughs> exactly. Um, from that day on, I spent most of my nights in a nearby cafe, sleeping only when it was light enough outside and desperately searching for a new place to live. It was around that time that I had started dating my now boyfriend, with whom I live in a very normal and not haunted house, Great. who was able to help me look into the history of my apartment. As it turns out, written in the small print of on one of the sheets of information given to me by my apartment company, my house was an incident property. In other words, my house was listed publicly as an apartment with a recent death. 
Great. <laughs> awesome. Okay. I did a bit of research into the subject, to which I will, uh, to which I will at the bottom, and found that even if the information isn't disclosed, it's usually pretty obvious in the price. It's not unheard of for landlords to find themselves with an unrentable room in the case of a tenant has died in it. In my case, I was renting a property that the woman was murdered in years prior. Oh my god, no. Murder. So, great. Love that. Um, a terrifying and upsetting thought when I think back to the sounds that I heard. Unfortunately, I don't have all the information as my company was reluctant to go any further into detail and to be honest, I really didn't want to know either. I mean, I got I kind of want to know, too. Um, it's well known that Japan is extremely superstitious, especially when it comes to death, so That's I wasn't true. prepared to open myself up to any more than what I had already experienced. It didn't take long for me to find a new place to live after that, thankfully leaving behind the haunting memories of my first home in Tokyo. I find myself taking extra care when renting apartments now, making sure I ask about the history before signing anything. I hope that whoever lives in the apartment next doesn't find themselves in the same terrifying situations that I did. And I sincerely hope the woman I saw that night can find peace someday. That's nice. Yeah, I mean, the woman didn't seem like she was doing anything to her, just scaring the crap out of her. I mean, yeah, it makes me wonder, like, how the person died. Like, maybe they're running back and forth was, like, trying to get away. I don't know. And, like, the scratching and everything. I think that's just, like, restless energy. More Maybe that's than possible. Anything else, but bleh. I hate that. Don't like it. Don't like it. Don't like it. Hate it so much. Maybe the 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 talking was her telling her story, but it was like unable to hear it. Yeah. It didn't pierce the veil. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, so these were just some of them that we found. Yeah, we'll do another one where it's like just legends. Because mm-hmm. you should you should really... Because, like, the one where I talked about with the girl in the green dress, there is a lot of urban legends where, like, people come up to you and There's give you a choices. Lot. Yeah. And you have to figure out how to properly... Respond to Respond that. to them. So, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yep. Well. Well, well. That was that Japanese was... ghost stories. Yes. You can find us on Instagram at nope underscore I'm underscore scared. Um, DM us. Like our posts. Find our stories whenever we post them. Yeah. Not often, but whatever. You know. Uh, If you have a story, if you uh, have a true crime encounter. Hometown murders. Send them to us at our email, which is nope I'm scared podcast at gmail.com. Um... um, Mm. Mm. Oh, we're on Apple Podcasts. If you want to, we always forget to mention. If you want to review us, whatever, uh, we'd like to hear from you guys because I can't see anything on there yet because yeah, we don't. I don't know. Apple's different (laughs) with how they do stuff. I can see everything from Spotify, but not so much from Apple. All right. Um. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks Thanks for listening. Yeah. And. We'll see you again. Yeah, we'll see you next time. All right.